This is Mike Stranks, welcoming you to this CMS Audio Mission Prayer Focus for December 2013. This month, we'll be finding out more about the work of two CMS mission partners in Nairobi, Kenya, and hearing from Jill Ball, recently returned from Ecuador. So first to Kenya, where Anita and Colin Smith have been mission partners for the last 14 years. While Anita had a ministry among internationals and expats, Colin set up and managed the Centre for Urban Mission. He told Naomi Steinberg something about two people who were trained there. When we started the Centre for Urban Mission, we started it for... Uh, particularly for training people who are living in slums and in Nairobi that's over half the population trying to raise up leaders from within those communities who will be leaders in mission and leaders of the church. We had an application from somebody called Simon Peter and from his friend Moses Musumba and they both lived outside Nairobi in a kind of more suburban area and they applied to come on the course so I said well that would be fine but you need to move into Kibera as part of the training and they said okay fair enough uh, we'll come so I remember the day I went out to pick them up and they were there with all their things and there was a television set there and I looked at it and said you can leave that behind I'm afraid there's no electricity so I drove to the edge of Kibera you can't drive in and then we carried their things into a room at the back of the Centre for Urban Mission which we'd set up And they stayed there for three years. They stayed there throughout the whole of their training. And then when it came to the end of that, they chose to stay and remain in Kibera. Uh, And so they're both still attached to the Anglican church there as uh, church army captains and missioners in that community. But Simon works for the Centre for Urban Mission as well uh, in children's ministry. And how that came about was really as a result of him moving into Kibera. If you understand the way that houses are there, it's just a piece of iron sheet that separates you from your neighbour. And every single evening he could hear this child being beaten up by its mother. And Simon just got more and more distressed at this. And so in the end he went round to see the lady. And he obviously couldn't go straight into why you're beating your child. And she was a woman who fried fish for a living. So he began to buy his fish from her and start up a relationship and start talking with her. And then found out some of the challenges that she was experiencing in her own life. And then began to be able to talk to her about disciplining her child in a way that didn't take out her own anger and hurt on this child. And I think for Simon it was, well, he would say that his life was just completely turned around by that experience of being in Kibera and that he gained a new vocation and calling. He was always a gifted evangelist, but he sensed a deep calling to just reduce the vulnerability of children in that community from just seeing the experience of of this mother and this child. And so now he works for Centre for Urban Mission, working with churches, looking at how do you create a more child-friendly church in a community like this, working at improving child safety and reducing vulnerability in the slums for children. He's also done some extraordinary work on, uh, we've had some awful experiences of child rape in the community and it's been very difficult to address in that kind of context but brought together some of the, the mothers, some of the women and they've gone to the places where that has taken place and very publicly stood there and prayed uh, right out in the open. Sometimes with the people who they knew were the perpetrators just kind of looking on. 
So he's also involved in children's ministry and helping develop Sunday schools and things like that. But it all really came as sometimes God speaks to us in extraordinary ways and for him it was just of that sound coming through the walls of a child crying. St John's church grew very, very rapidly. St Elizabeth's is the one. Now, the, interestingly, the person who is leading that church is the person who moved with Simon Peter into Kibera. It's Moses Musumba. And he's really tried to engage with people that don't go to church at all. So not sort of attracting churchgoers from other churches, but trying to draw uh, particularly younger people. They're all much younger. Very few of them were baptized. Very few of them had a Christian background. Uh, in Kenya, most people will will have a background that is at least nominally Christian, but they haven't been engaged or involved in a church. So that church is growing slowly, and it's still growing, and he's still very committedly involved in that community, and doing a lot with youth work, and he's a keen football player too, so he's doing a fair bit of that with the young people. There's always a danger when mission moves in one direction, and that can be true if you're talking about sort of moving from the global north, if you like, to the global south. But I think even in a city you, uh, like Nairobi, you've got the Anglican Church operating in many of the kind of middle-income areas of the city very successfully, but kind of seeing the slums as a place that they would do mission into, but the mission wouldn't necessarily come out from. And yet I think the model of Jesus is that the gospel so often comes from, speaks to us from the margins. And as you work in Kibera and places like it, you discover people of extraordinary faith and calling who could be a gift to the whole church if people could move beyond thinking that person comes from Kibera, therefore they may not have something as valuable to say as someone from elsewhere in the city. There's one church I know where they have a mother church that's in a very, very affluent suburb and a daughter church in a, in a very poor informal settlement or slum. And the pastor had been doing a huge amount of work to try and get the churches working better together. And one of the things he'd been doing was using some of the adults in the very affluent church to act as mentors to some of the youth in the poorer church. And I said, that's great. And are there any of the youth from the wealthy suburb being mentored by the people from, in this case, it was Kawangwari slum? And there was a pause, and then he smiled at me, and I think we both got the point. So often economic difference we can somehow assume is paralleled in spiritual difference and actually if anything it's that's the reverse colin smith with some telling points about how god's ways of working through people are so often completely different to our preconceptions about how things function Let's give thanks for the way that God has called committed and dedicated people to minister into these economically poorer areas and for the way that their ministry and the work of those churches is having far-reaching effects. Let's give thanks too for the roles that Anita and Colin have played and ask that they'll know God's guidance in the future. And our second interview this month continues that theme of work among children and young people. Jill Ball is a CMS mission partner who created the Life in Abundance Trust to show God's love to children with disabilities in Santo Domingo, Ecuador. Although not stepping down completely from Life in Abundance Trust, Jill has now returned to the UK to take stock and to discern what God is saying about her future. 
When Jill met Jeremy Woodham, he asked her what her plans had been when she first went to Ecuador in 2002. I had in mind about helping disabled people because in my work life um, I had spent many years working as a special needs teacher in this country and I knew it was an area that needed developing in Ecuador but really there weren't many schools because when I first applied to SAMS um, I came for the interview and I said I wanted to work in a special school and um, I was told oh well there aren't any you know not to speak of really and so I thought oh well maybe I'm supposed to start one and that's really how it happened it's because I, I had this this very very strong call to go and to show God's love and, and compassion um, but so I so you think well, what are my skills? What can I do? Oh, well, I can do this and I can show people how to do it. And so that's how it worked out. And it was amazing in the days of Sam's, um, I had a communication uh, from them saying, oh, we've got this charity who wants to help you. And I, so I said, well, would you sponsor a teacher and assistant? And they did that for about three or four years. And so that meant that we had no wages to find. And that, so that was just like a God thing. It, it's just like God's been on it the whole time. And when you look back um, over those years, what really brings you joy? The thing that gives me joy in the most profound way is that I know that um, something has been sown I know that um, something has been begun which is changing people's lives. I went back to the school after being in England in January and it was just at the school closure and normally you know it's, it's a program and you show what's been done and hand out cake and coca-cola and all this but this time there were some parents who put their hands up and said could we come and say something so all right right come and say something and um, these parents came forward and um, they said we couldn't find anywhere for our child to go to school nobody nobody wanted my child you know my child has very extraordinary behavior uh, it's very difficult to manage etc but you've taken him in and the change we see in our child and the the kind of gratitude real it's nothing feigned that the life of their child has been drastically improved and because the life of the child has been improved the life of the whole family um, and there's just hundreds of those kinds of stories of lives that have been changed lives that have been improved of of care that's been given that nobody else was giving and and it's that um, as well as yeah it, it's just being able to touch lives with a touch of Jesus um, and obviously in the in the church work we've had people who who come to know God and walk with him in a deeper way so it's it's all that it's just the whole thing of the impact of this ministry on people's lives it's you think just wow it's amazing what God's done so would you tell just one story maybe of one such life yes I will uh, there was this little girl called Valeska who uh, was a little girl with Down syndrome and you could see by looking at her that she's very frail very very frail little girl and uh, while I was 
away. She died, unfortunately. There was a virus going around and it, it got her. Now, her parents had a very, very difficult relationship and the mother, when she came to the event, she would say, oh, you know, my husband doesn't, doesn't value Valeska. He says that she's a waste of space and that she'll never do anything. Um, and generally very angry about, about Valeska. But um, when I went back in the new year, the parents turned up and this man had totally changed. Um, and he said now he, he understood that um, Valeska was a gift from God and Valeska had taught him to be patient. Valeska had, had taught him to love and um, I invited him and his wife to come to the church and they, he, he is there. Um, he's now a regular attender. His life has been transformed. We had him out the front and he spoke about this, about how he used to be so impatient with his little daughter. And um, now that she's not there, but he, he understands that God sent her, uh, which is extraordinary, isn't it? Instead of being angry that she's been taken away, he's actually thanking God. Um, that to me is, is a most beautiful story. And he, yeah, he comes to church and uh, he's there with us. Jill Ball talking simply yet so profoundly about the way that God has led her and the results of that in people's lives. That interview with Jill is a marvellous way to finish this another year of CMS Audio Mission Prayer Focuses. It went to the absolute heart of CMS's philosophy, sharing Jesus and changing lives. Please give thanks for all that God's achieved through Jill's desire to serve and her obedience to his call. Pray for her as she seeks to know what her future should be. And of course, continue to pray that that servant heart will be at the centre of all that CMS and its mission partners and associates are seeking to do. Now it's time for our reflection on what we've heard this month. Here's the manager of the CMS Information and Communication Technology team, Martin Grote, who is also a former mission partner in Tanzania. Listening to Colin and Jill, I am struck how both of them have identified the way that God brings about his kingdom out of what most people would consider weakness. In the Gospel accounts, Jesus often encounters people whom society thinks are weak and poor. Many times, he uses his interaction with them, not only to build them up, but also to teach the others around them. So, for example, after Jesus heals a man possessed by demons, he says, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. And so it is that the life of little Valeska has been used to turn her father's life around into becoming a follower of Jesus. And so it is also that we need to listen to the voices from the margins. When I was a CMS mission partner in East Africa, it was my privilege to visit Kibera several times with Colin and to worship with Christians there. I am excited that the Centre for Urban Mission is helping these brothers and sisters to teach and encourage the wider church and to allow God's mission to come out of the informal settlements rather than merely being a target for action into that place. In our own situation, 
Let us ask God to challenge us, to listen to those voices we would normally dismiss, to not let economic difference parallel spiritual difference. Thank God for Simon and Moses, for the life of Valeska, and for what they can teach us of Jesus' love for his people, for his children, and for his world. That reflection from Martin Grote brings this CMS Audio Mission prayer focus for December 2013 to an end. This is Mike Stranks thanking you for your ongoing commitment to CMS and on behalf of all my CMS colleagues wishing you a very happy Christmas and God's blessing and direction in the forthcoming year.